Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, August 12, 2022. At least that's what I'm told. And this is episode 127 of Jackman Radio. And I'm excited to welcome a fellow New Englander, a fellow Franklin Pierce University alum. I assume an Irishman, a fellow Irishman. Oh, you Irishman. know it. Judging by the name, but it's Mr. John Donahue. He's a musician. He's an actor. He's all around an interesting guy. John, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining Jackman Radio. Of course, man. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, doing great. Doing great. My son is going to be born any day now. You know, things are good. You were saying that, yeah, we might have to see about the interview uh, because you got the 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 missus is expecting very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excited, man. Excited. Cool. And I like the name. Are you renounced the name or is it still a secret? No, it's Jack Carter Donahue. Jack Carter. I like that name. It's got a it's got a good. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, you know, I figured if everybody needs a pen name or anything like that, he's got it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Jay Carter. Yeah. And Jack Carter is uh, Jimmy Carter's son. I think his son or his grandson. He has a son named Jack Carter. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's pretty good company. It is. It is. I'm a Jimmy Carter fan. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, it's tough not to be when you – they tried to give the guy a really bad rap because he basically just kind of looked at the country and was like, hey, guys, this is going to wear out sometime. So we just got to like, can we at least talk about it? And they were like, boo, boo this man, boo this man. I want my styrofoam McDonald's containers forever. Boo this man. Fuck you and your solar panels. <laughs> no, yeah. He, he does, yeah. man. He does get a bad rap, but I defend him, man. I mean, he, he did his best and – you can dig into the um, October surprise that happened with the Iran hostage situation sure. and Bush, H.W. Bush and company and all those fucking slimy, oh, they, slimy dudes were involved in that. And it really it, it, it rat fucked Carter and his reelection. Well, chances. of course, when um, when Reagan took office, that's like he took all the credit for solving that problem. Right. You know, it was almost Politically, it was almost genius of those guys to be like, no, 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 we're going to sabotage it. We're going to make it look like he's the bad guy. And then right at the end, when you win, we're going to take credit for it. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There was fuckery going on. Well, what a lot of people don't realize about H.W. Bush, who was, you know, Reagan's vice president there for eight years, is he was, you know, deep, deep uh, intelligence and, you know, just a shadowy kind of dude and operator all over the world going back to the 50s. And, uh, you know, they named the fucking building down there that I drove past recently when I was down in Virginia. The CIA is called the George H.W. Bush Center for Intelligence. So, you know, I feel like I feel like the Bush family saw what the Kennedy family was trying to do. JFK gets taken out. And I think at that point, Bush Sr. was like, well, I'm going to have some kids and I'm already kind of neck deep in this government thing. I wonder if I could after I try to make my push and wait my turn to become president. I wonder if I could push one of them to, because it was, that's, that's strange. It's strange to have a dynasty like that, where you had Bush senior from 89 to 92, and then you had Clinton for those eight years. And then you had Bush's kid. Like that's that, that looks, I don't, at the time, I don't think people really saw the optics of what that looked like, but when you look back in time, that's strange. You yeah. know, well, your I dad was president eight years ago and now you're president. Yeah. Now you're going to, well, they were grooming Jeb. They wanted Jeb to do it, but W kind of got hubris and, cut the line. But I always point to a great thing. We were talking about Jesse Ventura before we rolled is he's like, since 1980, we've only had Bushes and Clintons running things <laughs> in this government and I've had enough of it. I'm tired of it. 
Obama <laughs> got in there and he made Hillary Secretary of State. Yeah. And then Bush's brother's running again. You know, he, yeah. he, he ran the gamut. And you, you actually think about it. You're like, Jesus Christ, the government, the body's right about right. this. It's just, it does. It is strange that like a small group of people for 30 to 40 years. Two families. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. Basically, yes. Two families just sort of <laughs> will take power if we can. Sure. No one's going to stop us. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of course. We'll take the. We'll, we'll make that vacuum play and just take it for us. Yeah, it runs deep. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. So, John, so one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on, um, you know, we started following each other on Instagram a little while ago, and um, you'd responded to one of my stories and, you know, just said you liked the show and enjoyed it. And if ever, you know, I wanted to chat, you know, I would love, love to be on the show. And I was, you know, booking, filling my calendar this month, and I just I thought back to that conversation. So, No, um, man, I'm happy. I'm honored. And it's always – yeah, it's tough to find people that like uh, just can sustain like a conversation. So um, I really appreciate being on here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. And so your your background a little bit. So I mean, our paths crossed in college uh, at Franklin Pierce University. So you're originally from Vermont. Yeah. So I grew up uh, Colchester, Vermont, right outside of Burlington. Um, stayed there till eighteen. Applied to some schools, got into Franklin Pierce, got a grant to go to Franklin Pierce. So I was like, well, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to try college, I'm going to go to college. I'll take the one that at least is going to give me a grant to go. Um, and I loved it, man. I love Ringe. I love the area. I like, uh, I like being secluded. So, yeah. you know, in that area, especially in the fall, in the, I mean, all seasons, yeah. really, that whole area is just gorgeous. So I was happy to be there, happy to go there. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is tough to beat that window of late August when you're starting back at Pierce and then early September and all the homies are coming back. Oh, it's, man. It's just prime. It's just prime yeah. weather, man, and it's beautiful. And, you know, for political guys like us, there's there's nowhere better than, than no. New Hampshire with the primary. So while we were both there, the 08 primary was happening because the 04 election happened in the 08 right. primary. So we, we had we had some pretty, uh, pretty cool people come through Franklin Pierce. And, yeah, and, and if I remember correctly – was it Cheney that came through or was it Bush himself? So one of them came through. Uh, well, someone John, came through. John McCain came through okay. while we were there for the 08 primary. And then before that, before we were even students there, the dedication of the Marlin Fitzwater Center, H.W. Bush. That's what came, it was. Okay. Came to campus. And I, I was, I think I was in either middle school or early high school. And I took the day off from school to go to, to go to that. I'm like, Holy shit, right. a former president's coming to Ringe, my, my yep. hometown. Right. And, uh, yeah. Poppy Bush was there. My brother just dropped us in the chat. He said, Poppy Bush was there in 2002. Okay. Cause that makes sense. Cause okay. the Marlin Fitzwater center is fucking 20 years old now. Yep. They're just yeah. It's there. crazy. And he, he was, what was he in the Bush administration? Was he Marlin Fitzwater was Ronald Reagan and then HW Bush's press secretary. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew it was something, something important. He, um, you know, lent his name to it. And, and you look at some of those plaques inside the Fishwater Center when you first walk in. First walk in. You see, some, you, you see some serious military industrial complex <laughs> names. Uh, the big, big heavy hitters are involved in creating the Marlin Fishwater Center. Dude, I've been saying it forever. The bubble, I, I that's a low key to me. I swear to God, I know it sounds like crazy, but I feel like the bubble is on like a list. If like shit hits the fan in New Hampshire and the president's there or someone's really, they're going straight to the bubble. They're going straight to the bubble. You can see it from the sky. You can see it from the Nadnock. If they have to fly in by, there it is. We have to get them to the bubble. Oh, man. Were you there when that thing, uh, I think snow took it down when it collapsed? Yeah. yeah, and then someone shot an arrow through it one year, I think, too, yeah, which is just. climbing on it, getting drunk and climbing on it. Shit. I, was, I mean, I because I, I grew up in Ringe from fourth grade on. So, sure. 
I have memories of being a kid going to the to the bubble and it being right. like this incredible like biodome type. It's place. awesome. It's an incredible. When you think about it, it really is like a, it's a really cool yeah. building. It, it, you know, it's it really vacuum cool. sealed when you get so, in there. Yeah. So I never never was of the mindset. Why, why would you do anything to harm this thing? We need, right. we, need to, we need to protect the bubble at all costs. Yeah, I'm going to take a venture to you know I don't know I don't know the IQ of the person that was like I'm going to shoot an arrow through it, see what happens, yeah, and just ruin yeah. it for everybody else. One of those fucktards that appears from Connecticut. Yeah, it you know, probably we, was. We, we can shit talk Connecticut, John, yeah. because you're from Vermont. I'm from yeah, Vermont, no, I, sure. Yeah. No, I, do, do Connecticut's just like, what do they call it? A drive through, a drive-by state or a drive through state? It's like every time anyone's in Connecticut, I know they're never like, yes, I love this place. <laughs> but, you know, but my we mentioned before we were, we were running, Justin Martell is from Connecticut originally. And he's, <laughs> one of, he's one of the best things about Franklin Pierce. He's my best friend from college. We're still really tight and we met. Well, I was telling you, man, I remember seeing when Running for Flip Flops came out, which was the student film, I believe it was that uh, David Swift and Justin wrote, right? Running in Flip Flops. And directed. They, yep, they wrote it and I think it came out in very early 06. It was all yep. filming and going on in 05 when, when we started and then 06, I think spring, they premiered it up at the Fitzwater Center. Uh, well, like I say, I remember seeing them drive around doing promo for it and I He'll have to he'll have to correct me on it, but I believe they were throwing flip flops out, oh, or maybe no, it was okay. I just saw them throwing their own flip flops at people. I don't know. It could have been whatever you know. It, you it know who knows? That. It was yeah. It was just awesome. It was just a exciting time, man. I just I just miss those days where you, you just didn't realize how fucking good we had it, man. In Not only way. that, man. That was the end of it as far as like. So when I started in '04. Facebook was just like kind of like a mutter. You just heard it. You know, I heard people talking about it. I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't want and I didn't want it. I was yeah. like, you know, I just I didn't care about it. Right. Um, and then sophomore year, because I was still used to using AIM, you know, AOL. Yeah. Like that was cool to me. And my what email was, was what was your AIM name? Oh, John. At first it was Leroy657, and then it was John Don657, and it stayed that way till till the end, man. Till the end. Yeah, um, I, I was EJ yeah, Thornton yeah. six after Joe Thornton from the Boston Bruins. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, they uh, that was like there. It was just starting. Like MySpace was around, sure, but it wasn't like uh, it, it wasn't what it turned into for kids trying to navigate their way out of out of high school like it is now. You know, like we still had like you know you used to you still had to go to see people. You still had to go out to do things. Yeah, you still had to meet people. You had to go talk to people. Right. You know, now that, that that initial icebreaker, and I don't care who you're talking to, whether it's someone to be a friend, whether it's someone that you're interested in, whatever it is, going up and talking to people you don't know and breaking that icebreaker builds this ability to either develop a personality, um, understand the do's and don'ts of communicating. Like, oh, I went up and I said, this person didn't like that, so I shouldn't do that. You know, I feel like those important parts of learning to grow as, a, as an individual are, are just, they're just not there anymore, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried for kids, man, coming up now because exactly the, the whole mode of communicating and connecting and getting to know people is just, it's now in a screen and, and, and Emotion. on the phone. Yeah, exactly. And I just watched this. This really creeped me out. I watched a, um, I think it was 60 Minutes Australia that I watch a lot. The algorithms got me, you know, because I was watching an Olivia Newton John thing. May she, may sure. she rest in peace. Yeah, she's in Xanadu now, you know. But, uh, 
<laughs> um, he's grinding that Cadillac. <laughs> oh, dude, she's, yeah. guy. she's there with the guy from the guy from Warrior, the Warriors. He was very miscast in Xanadu. He should he, he had no business being. I mean, he was kind of pretty in Xanadu. They, sure. they did him up a little bit. His hair was kind of long, and they put uh, guy liner on him, and it looked good. They did what they could. Yeah, but um, this this thing came up on 60 Minutes Australia, and these young teenage girls who are just having these uncontrollable tics, where they're just they're just like, it, it's not um, uh, what's that thing called when you just shout shit out uncontrollably? Uh, Tourette's. It's not. Yeah, it's not Tourette's. It's it's like it's, an it's, involuntary it's, tick. Yeah. They, got, they got it from TikTok. Yeah, they got it from like social media and TikTok, and just like, you know, just just doing this on their phone constantly. That now. These and it's it's mostly young girls, like I think I don't know twelve. No, I saw that sixteen, and and they're totally free, totally like just glitching out and and. Well, if you think about young it, things, like you said, people staring at their phone like you just did. If you do that every single day, for like most of the day, and your your mind keeps seeing things go up and down, they're going up and down. Things are getting larger. Things are getting smaller. There's sometimes there's sound coming out of your phone because you hit a video and you hit the, the voice button on it. Sometimes there's not. It's just consistently like your brain is just always, I think, trying to. I don't think it's set to function like that. Well, I don't think your brain is set to your subconscious is yeah. set to remember every single thing it's seeing as you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And eventually your body's just going to be like when, when it's not there. I feel like the mind is still going to be trying to adjust to the stuff that it already knows. So I think that probably was where those ticks come in like. I'm not seeing anything anymore. Yeah, Where... and you couple that with how young these kids are that they're they're raised on these devices. We, you and I, were not raised on these devices. No. You know, we're born. Where were you born? Eighty-five. Yeah. Yeah, I was born eighty-six. So we we're born right in the mid eighties. We were outside kids. You know, you went outside. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you just went outside. You found like a stick was yeah, like. Yeah, I rode. We the rode stick our... could take your whole day if you found a stick that looked like a gun. You could <laughs> yeah, run yeah. around with your friends for yeah. ten hours. Road bikes. I did rollerblading. Uh, my old man yep. was from Canada. He built a friggin' hockey rink in our yard. Oh, dude! Out playing hockey. You know, I, I, we weren't on screens like that. No, so, you're you were absorbing the 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 world around you as you're supposed to. Yeah. So it's just it's it's scary and it's weird. So I just think back to that small window when we were in college, and it was just I I would just reflect really fondly on it, and and I look at now because I follow all of Franklin Pierce's socials on like, right. Instagram. And, Everything now is kind of tailored towards that sort of shit. And and, and the experience is, is totally different than what we had. And we were only there 18, between 18 and, uh, you know, 13 years ago. Right. Well, it, and two, the other thing, like, if you look at, like, you look at concerts now, man. Um, yeah. Everyone just has their phone up. Everyone's, like, looking at a concert through their phone. You know, and I, like I would understand it too if like the audio sound you're gonna get was gonna be awesome and you're gonna hear. But people just hold their phones up and record for the sake of I don't know why, but for the sake of just having their phone up because everyone else has it up. But I, you know, you don't. Uh, I've done that too. I've tried to record oh, oh, this song, awesome, and then I'll go back and I'll look at it. Like, oh, like I can't even watch this because I can't even hear. I can't even hear it. You know, and, and during that whatever four or five minutes of song, I wasn't really present for it and enjoying right. it. And I spent all this goddamn money on this ticket to be here. And I went through all this trouble. I dragged my fat ass yep. to the show. Yeah, get up at eight a.m. for work tomorrow. I'm not gonna be home till one a.m. Right. And I had my phone up the whole time. The whole time. And yeah. you know, I understand too. You know, like the world evolves, right? Remember, everyone was like, "Hey, don't play video games," and now video games are awesome. You know, people are making millions of dollars doing it. You know, yeah. you know. uh 
the internet's going to be nothing. I'm going to keep my old way of holding my files. And then I'm not going to use email. Email is, that's a fad, you know, all these things. I understand it, it changes, but the, I, I think there's no uh, oversight or just like idea of what's going to happen when everything meets ahead, you know, who, and is anybody even going to care at that point? Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Well, I mean, the joke, I don't know how much of a joke it is. We're just, everyone's going to be in the metaverse in a pod. Yeah. Hooked up the tubes, eating fucking mealworms from Klaus Schwab. Look, know? I know. Yeah. The, what, what, what's his uh, theory? The Great Reset? That's his theory or his concept or something? The Great Reset, John. You will own nothing. You will be happy. You will love it. And you, you will, will love bugs. it. That's what he said, you dude. You will bugs. love it. You will eat bugs. Oh, it's eerie. It's eerie. It is, and, and you see, like, influencers and stupid brain dead celebrities pushing this shit you know oh of course you're gonna go meatless it's like fuck you man as long as i'm here i'm gonna eat that steak well and and on top look also um they're the biggest hypocrites you're ever gonna meet in your entire life like isn't it hysterical though they'll go to like climate (laughs) like climate change uh like like summits in their private jet and then show up in like an armed like suv and then get up and then tell tell us like you guys need to stop leaving the lights on. Yeah. You understand? Do you get yeah. it? You need to stop and you need to stop eating meat. Now, excuse me. I have to go get in my Calvary of Suburbans to go get on my pri- It just comes off so disingenuous. And also you can't, we don't want you to have guns as I get in with my armed security team. Right. And, right. And right. All these fossil fuels. Right. You know. It was like when, um, I don't know if you remember when, um, God, it might've been, summer of 2020 when that Chaz zone out in it was either Seattle or Portland went up. Right. And these are people that are like anti-government, like no borders, blah, blah, blah. You know, the first thing these people did to, the, to, to protect themselves was set up a border with armed guards. And then they, and they saw who they want to know who was coming in and out. And I was like, I go, I don't understand how you guys can't see the irony. I don't understand how you like you. And you guys have only, you guys have only been here three days and I can't understand how you don't see the irony in, and just yeah. the basic idea of just just general safety. Just general safety. Just like, look, anybody's welcome to come here. Anybody's welcome to come here. Anybody. It's just there are channels. You can't go into any other country like you well, would come here. Say, if I tried to go country. to France and I was just like, hey, I'm no, coming in here. No, they're going to be like, no, you're not. You're, we're, you're going home. You're well, going wherever. All, we're going to figure out who the hell you are and what you, what you want to do here in our country. Right, right. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that doesn't seem like an outrageous request now i do understand that there are people that are involved in that decision making that maybe have alternative ulterior motives i don't know what it is but for the most part for the most part i feel that that's that that's a normal process to say hi guys i'm here i'm not originally from your country i love your country and i like what you guys do here and i'd like to come be a part of it and for the most part people are gonna be like okay cool cool that's we just we just needed to know that just needed to know that because what usually happens is they they if they if they show up and they claim asylum they're let go they never show up for any of the the dates and never show up any of the appointments and then that's even more dangerous for some of those people because now we have no record of them if their family calls here we're like we saw them once we don't know where they are you know yeah. it seems like you can sort of uh, snowball out of control into sort of what's already going on now you know yeah yeah that, that issue was uh, just the immigration thing and the, the border I just. It's a mess. It's a freaking mess. And, and if you say anything that's even rese- that doesn't resemble open borders, people are like you're a xenophobe. Oh yeah. You're this. You're, it's yeah. like no. It's just. That's it's it. just. 
the rest of the world seems to understand that concept. I don't understand how that is uh, controversial. Right. You know, and you know, the more hardline people will be like, it's to stop the flow of drugs. It's like, sure, drugs do come in, but the majority of the drugs, it's from the ocean, from those uh, giant can chip containers. Right, like right. Co cocaine and all that comes in through that. Yeah, just the ports. You know? The ports yeah, or, the or people, uh, as I said, people just throw it over boats, yeah, whatever air, it is. Yeah, they, they airdrop it from a plane or, uh, you know, so, yeah, some come in from the border. Of course, so you would be stupid not to, right. to deny that reality, but... You know, it's just, it was just kind of a, a talking point. It's a talking point that she was in. And people are absolutely hysterical on both sides of that argument. I know. It's it's like it doesn't need to be as difficult as you're making it. Yeah. yeah it just doesn't yeah. have to. And, 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 and that's, that's especially as of late, man, in the last 10 years. No, maybe the last 14. No, maybe the last. Uh, no, the last 14 years. Ever since Barack Obama took office. And the right lost their mind. They just couldn't believe they lost that election. They couldn't believe they lost that election. They pulled out all the stops. They went and got a woman to be VP. You know, they were like, this is going to do it. We, we need something. You have the, uh, the a charis a charismatic, intelligent black gentleman who's able to win over these crowds. Uh, you have Joe Biden, who at the time wasn't the Joe Biden he is now, but Joe could go out there and kind of, revel you know, get people going. You had... And then the, the right was like, what do we do? Who's going to be our VP? What are we going to do to sort of shock the world? And they bring out Sarah Palin and bless her heart. She's tried to do what she could. But it's just you're, you weren't going to beat that machine of Obama at that time. And I don't think the Republicans ever recovered from that. So when they had a chance to throw someone like Trump, who if everybody remembers, nobody liked him when, when he first came around. All those Republicans were like, no, this guy oh. is a charlatan. He's a thief. He's a joke. You know, he's a joke. No one took him serious. And then when the when the Republican when the when the National Convention saw, oh wait, like this guy's actually getting steam, you know, and the roasting is working. I was explaining, to, we were, or we were talking about this before, man. He roasted himself to the White House. Yes. Little Marco, Lion Ted, Crooked Hillary, low Lock energy, low energy, Jeb. Low very, energy, Jeb. You're very low energy, Jeb. Okay. And I, 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 that's one of the things I absolutely love about Trump, though, is yeah. that he did that to these established career, morally bankrupt and corrupt, holier-than-thou politicians. Well, of course, because his mindset was like, you can tell the world that I'm corrupt, sure. But if you think I'm not going to put it back on you guys, like the world already knows who I am. They know who I am. Took, they don't know who you are. It took a corrupt uh, gangster like Donald Trump to do that to point make out it up. The, the other gangsters. And, yeah, because uh, I, I mean, I, like the, the the idea that uh, they were always trying to spin, and you saw it. You saw you saw it with Ted Cruz up there. You saw it with with Jeb Bush. They would be like, Donald, Donald, Donald. I can't believe this is the this is not how you talk in politics. Don. This is this is shameful. You are making a mockery of this, Donald. And he loved it. He's like, yeah, of course I am. Like, you guys are trying to tell me I'm the worst person up here. You, you guys are, they, you guys all have skeletons in the closet. So don't yeah. just start it. And if you guys want to keep playing with me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ante it up. I'll go nuclear. And he did. Oh, he he, he did. He brought a he brought a nuclear weapon to a knife fight. You know, and, <laughs> and, and, and I love that he had probably donated to pretty much everyone on that stage. Of course, at some point, running. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like Rand Paul, who Rand Paul, who I liked, who I actually endorsed yep. in the 16th primary. He was like, boy, Rand, you're having a tough night tonight. I gave you a lot of money. You're not doing so well. <laughs> you know? so it's, what happened is one of the oligarchs came from behind the curtain and he actually got in the race and ran himself. Yep. Right. You know, the oligarch who typically fund all the puppet politicians. Well, he this is just, what happened too. Remember they said, they go, uh, Hey, if you, this is how ridiculous it was, man. How ridiculous it was. They looked at him and they said, hey, if you don't get the Republican nod, are you opposed to running as an independent? He was like, nope. Yeah. I will see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Exactly. Will you endorse the eventual nominee if it's not you? He's like, I can't promise that. We'll have to see what happens. Look, look, like him or not, man, um, you know, the. Here's what it was. It was good that America got to see that these people don't always have the best interest or best interest of Americans at heart, right? right? And sometimes these guys go up there and you can I think people are tired of the the phoniness that comes with mm-hmm. the speeches and that, you know, the just all of it, just like kind of that, like, because uh, we've seen it. We've seen behind the curtain at this point. We know it's not perfect. We know we're not a perfect country. We know we're trying to do everything we can. The people of the country are not bad people. OK, we've they're just people that are in power above us that are making decisions that they're not thinking about you and me. They're not thinking no. about us. None of them are. We, I, I would venture to say that 70 percent of current serving politicians are just there because they like the attention. They like the doors being held for them. They, you know, it, they exactly. And then there's 15 of them that sort of play the fence. They, they have a maybe they have a conscience, but they usually wherever the money's going or what serves them, that's the direction they're going. And then there's 15 percent on both sides that generally want to make a difference and sort of believe in the, in in the structure of democracy and aren't just there to enhance their own wealth or status, you know, like uh, being from Vermont, obviously I love Bernie. I don't agree with everything he says, but as far as an individual that's currently holding office, look, man, the worst thing they could get on that guy was that some of the people that were in his campaign were like bros and acting very bro-ish. And then that after after like 40 years, after 40 years of being a politician, he bought a $600,000 summer home up in northern Vermont. Like that, they the media could not, here's Bernie Sanders telling everybody they need to stop what they're doing. And he just, the guy lived at the same house for like 60 years in a, in a residential, I know where he lives. He lives right up the street from where I, where I used to live. Just a neighborhood, suburbs, just a nice neighborhood. He Goes to the Hannafords, used to go to the Hannafords, where right across from where I lived. I'd see him there on Sundays. When he was running, every now and then he'd have the Secret Service Secret Service in there with him. Yeah. But for the most part, he was there by himself, approachable. Yeah. You know, that's what people need. I, they, there needs to be more of that on both sides. So whether the Republicans need to find that version of Bernie Sanders that's that authentic in their party, the Democrats have to do the same. Because, I mean, dude, I have no clue what 2024 looks like. I just don't. And especially after today, especially after today, like it's going to be a very, I'm not looking forward to the uh, finger pointing and the, for lack of a better word, shit talking coming from either side as this happens, where one side says, ha ha, you were wrong. We told you he was corrupt the whole time. The other side saying, no, he was never been corrupt. He's never lied. Like, I don't want to hear from either 
to those oh, people right now. Be, you know, it's, man, it's, it's going to be a lot of noise. Yeah, Bernie. Uh, I met Bernie a couple times, and uh, he's, you know, I kind of I equate him to like Ron Paul. He's he has a set of principles that he that he believes in, and he's stuck right. to them his entire career. Whether you like him or not, whether you agree with him or not, you know what he's going to say. He stands, and he's clear. He stands on principle, and it doesn't make you a lot of friends. But um, I think it's an admirable and lacking quality and trait that we have in the American political landscape. And you're right, man. I mean, right now, even in office, I could only name a few names. I think of Thomas Massey from Kentucky, who's a uh, kind of liberty-minded Republican from Kentucky. I don't agree with him on everything, but man, he's really good on foreign policy. He's good on marijuana policy. So and that's what, and, and like, like, you, like you were just saying right there, man, the Republicans need to sort of come out of the, the religious. I'm not saying that you can't be religious. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if they can appeal to more than just that, yeah. right? Because what's one of the biggest criticisms that people have always had of Republicans? When you think of a Republican, right? Like, oh, it's probably like a upper middle to upper middle class to upper class, uh, you know, church going person. Right. Not always, but at least when I grew up the, from the boomer generation, that's kind of what it's kind of what it was, you know, and if they can. And there are Republicans that have tried to break it. There are nutbags of like uh, uh, Madison Cawthorn who just tried to break it. The boom, like, oh, dude, like no, you went the, you went the wrong wheels, way. Yeah, wheels. that's wheels, man. It really was. It was like, hey, we're going to try to break the sort of what conservatism means to like. We don't even know what it means with that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if they can break it, like like, like uh, Thomas Massey, uh, the body, Jesse Ventura, people that are yeah. coming coming to terms of what the new world looks like. The new world is weed friendly, right? Yeah. It is. The new yeah. world is weed friendly. The new world is uh, uh, equality for you know equal marriage. You know all of it. You know that's what the that's what it's going towards. And yeah, well, they're going to start losing people if they yeah. keep if they well, keep big, it up. Yeah, big picture, man. Most Americans agree on that shit, and they just find the little wedge issues to keep us all wound up and fighting with each other. Whereas reality, big picture stuff, man. We're pretty much all on the same page, and we're largely just live and let live. Live the life you want to live. Yep. Don't bother your neighbor. And, and just you know find exist and be free to exist the way you want to exist. And. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 off putting, man. Politics is off putting to a lot of people, but I, it's I just, important, though. You know what I mean? As off putting as it can be, oh, it's yeah. so important right now, especially right now, because we were talking earlier. We're at this crossroad of of okay, the every generation coming up now, and it, and maybe this has been the case since really 2012. Anybody born after 2012, um, technology is it. That's it. Cell phones, laptops. Um, Eventually, I think you're going to wind up seeing everybody's going to have iWatches. It's not even going to be a cell phone. You're not even going to have the cell phone anymore. I think everything eventually is going to be iWatches and Bluetooth. You pay for something, scan it. You call, someone needs to call you. You need to answer a call. You just talk into your phone. We're gonna get microchip too, John. <laughs> no, I know. Don't you know? I, I've already gotten microchip. I got the I got the vaccine, the booster. I've, I've got four microchips flowing through me right now. Yeah, God, yeah, people, <laughs> people who say that. Um, well, no, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's control. And the, the last, I don't know, 20 years after 9-11, and then the last couple of years, what we saw, what happened, I, I call the, the, I just call the whole virus the flu world order. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, what just, <laughs> that's an umbrella term for, yeah. look, it, it was a virus, it was real, it happened, people got sick, people died, I had it, 
all the above. But my my umbrage is just the further consolidation of power that the state took during this crisis. Oh man! And, and, I mean, and then how they collect our data and how they they monitor us and squeeze people even more and, and pushed us even more into a total technocratic fucking control grid. And if you can't see that and be honest about it, you, people weren't paying attention. Yeah, well, you just said it, man. You just nailed it right there. People weren't paying attention. People still aren't paying attention. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, there are, it's, it's, and, and I don't know who it is, okay? I don't know who to describe that is seeking this power or seeking this control. I don't know if it's a global institution. I don't know if it's just the United States. I don't know if it's uh, us and some allied partnerships. I don't know what it is, but there is someone that is consistently trying to every single day, every single day, make you forget about everything that's going on. Yeah. Through your TikTok, through your Facebook, through the news, man, just through... I had so much fun this afternoon going back and forth from CNN to Fox to see (laughs) how they were reporting what was happening, right? CNN was like, he's bring him to the gallows. He's showing nukes to the Chinese, right? And then the the right was like, we just don't know what to say. Because this is the thing. They've messed it up so, so badly that when they were explaining what was in the sealed warrant today, they had some attorney on Fox that was literally like, I'm holding my hand up to the screen right now, was holding up the receipt list of all the stuff they found at Mar-a-Lago just so the viewers were like, hey, we're not making this up. This actually happened. This is yeah. this is what we found. I know we've been kind of confusing the last six years trying to figure out who we're supporting, you know, but this is real. This happened. This isn't a QAnon uh, uh, drop, whatever it is. So... Yeah, it's just uh, who's that? They, just nobody's paying attention anymore, well, they, well, and everyone's trying to capitalize they, on it. They've eroded people's ability to grasp just the very fabric of what is real, mm-hmm. of what of what reality is. People yeah. have totally different realities now. Forget about just having a, a policy disagreement where we disagree on this issue. People can't even agree on what reality is anymore. Yeah, yeah. What what gender is? What um, yeah. you know? What uh, yeah, that, you know? Man. Just it's just it's. I mean, wondering who the, who the who is, it's, I don't think it's like, like a handful of people sitting around a table. I think what happens is there's mechanisms and levers of control that exist in every country around the world. And overall, the overarching thing that is, binds them and connects them is that they have to control populations of millions of people. And there's, there, there's, there's a couple of ways to do that. You have to do that whether, you know, you, you, you kill your population, you imprison them, you execute them, you throw them in camps. Or you you just distract them and you psychologically wage warfare on them 24 7 365 and 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 that's what's going on and that's what's done and you look who controls the media and who owns it it's it's a handful of corporations right who, who control what we see what's coming out so you know i have a small youtube channel other independent people do you know we're pushed back against that but like you said man there are people and entities and powers working overtime to distract to memory hole and to stop people from critically asking questions like what the fuck just happened these last two years? Right. Well, you think about it too, man. Right. So when sometimes when you go, Oh, here's an example. Okay. So you remember, um, probably the summer of 2020, I think Trump had just gotten over COVID and, um, they did like the cognitive test with him. Right. And they were like, we're going to say five words. And then there's that hysterical clip of him just pointing out stuff he sees, 
Persian letter dog China Diet Coke. And then they said, Mr. Pitt, they said, sir, do it backwards. Dog China Diet Coke, Ivana Putin's penis. Okay. <laughs> It was just, it did, and it was like, it was like, it was like, and they asked me, they said, say these five things back to me. And he was like, camera, camera guy, shoes, microphone, uh, president, you know, it was just all the things he saw right in front of him. But the reason they do that though, is they give, they give him, I think they give you five and then, and they do that because the mind is only meant to, or I think is only meant to remember so much stuff at one time. Right. So if there's all this horrible stuff going on in the world, but you're consistently scrolling through TikTok it's over and over and over again for two, three hours, whatever was going on, it's not that you're not going to remember. It's just not on the forefront of your brain anymore. And it might pop up. Someone might say something that may, may make you remember it or whatever. But I just think everything you we use as far as technology goes, the amount of information your mind and your body is trying to comprehend is unnatural and then, like you were saying earlier about the 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 young girls that were developing like ticks because of it, you know that should be sign number one. Like, okay, maybe our kids' brains aren't supposed to try to absorb so much endless information, and maybe there are going to be negative results of that. Maybe wow. schizophrenia down the line when these people get older. Um, we're seeing it, man. Antisocial. You heard about kids 15, 16. They don't even want to leave their room and get their driver's license and go out there and be right. social and go do things in real life. Dude, when you and I were coming up 15, 16, we, we, we dude, couldn't, I couldn't get out of the house. Dude. Yeah, get me out of my house. My license. I want to go yeah. out there and explore and, and see things and, and live and so there's just there's entities and there's there's energy you know that is trying to suck the humanity out of our whole deal here. And and, and the question is, Mr. Jackman, is why, <laughs> why, why, why are they doing it? Why doesn't anybody care? You know what? One thing that no one's really talking about now. Um, you know, I have all these little stand-up bits that I've never performed, right? But one of the things that I do talk about, and that is. You know, you have these Boston Dynamics. I'm sure you're familiar. They do all the. Okay. So, okay. So they introduce these robots to the world by them dancing to like sort of take away the fact that, hey, we know everything you know about robots that you've seen from the Terminator or AI taking over. We know, we know all that's terrifying. So instead of that, we're going to make them go out there and dance because it, dude. Bro, as if as if it's relatable, and that's dude, that's literally the joke. Where I'm like, I'm glad to know that, like, when a a robot rips my arms off and does the macarena with them in front of me, that I'm glad, like, I'm glad the robot knows how to dance. You thank, know, thank God they can do the chacha with my severed arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, thank thank God, arm. dude. And the funniest thing too is one of them, the guy just keeps hitting it with a, a hockey stick and like yeah. knocking the robot over. I'm like, wait until that robot figures out. Right now, that robot's sitting there being like, I don't know how to rip your head off, but as soon as I'm programmed to like lift something, I'm going to rip your head off or push me yeah, to the ground. But yeah, they make people laugh. They, oh, look at these robots. Look at how, look at them dance. Yeah. Oh. oh, they asked the CEO of the company, right? So there's like the head scientist of Boston Dynamics, and then there's like the CEO, and they said, What are you, what do you have to say to Americans uh, about people that are fe have fear of automation and fear of these? Um, robots coming in and taking their jobs in factories, driving, um, stocking shelves, whatever. The CEO of the company, I can't remember his name, but he looks at, I think it was Anderson, it was Anderson Cooper, because Anderson Cooper's response after this was equally as insane. Okay, so he goes, 
Well, sure, yeah, jobs are going to be lost, yeah, but I don't think people are thinking about this the right way, okay? Because think about how many new jobs are going to be created for, you know, I guess you'd call them robot wranglers. And Anderson Cooper goes, robot wranglers? And he's like, yeah, you know, some guy's going to have to be in charge to make sure the robot's, you know, on point, making sure the boxes are all landing everywhere. And Anderson Cooper looks at him and goes, after he says, he goes, amazing, simply amazing. <laughs> And I was like, simply amazing. Simply, a, that's what your response is? His answer to your question of what do you have to say when people are terrified that they're losing their jobs, his answer to you was like, yeah, they're going to lose a lot of jobs. But we're also going to create just a few jobs. And you yeah. said, that's great. That's that. That's the solution right there. That's amazing. But it is something to be concerned with, right? I remember seeing self-checkout lines in oh, yeah. um, in grocery stores back in the late 2000s. Being like, mm -hmm. this seems problematic because what happens when, because aren't, you know, first off, I think it's ridiculous you make me scan my stuff. At least give me a discount if I'm scanning and, and packing my own stuff as a company. You should take 10% off every person that comes through. That's what I mean. Every person that comes through scans their own stuff and puts it in the bag, take 10% off their, their pay. That's neither here nor there. But I remember thinking then being like, people, this is the start of it. Like that's, they don't need people to do that job anymore. What happens when they don't yeah. need people to paint? What happens when they don't need people to drive? Eventually, I think, yeah. even cops, right? Eventually, I think drones are going to come in. And like when you're speeding or something, or you run a red light, there'll be a drone or be activated. It'll come up next to you, tell you to pull over. I know it sounds nuts, but, hmm. you know, we'll tell you to pull over because cops aren't going to want to keep getting shot at. They're not going to want to keep dealing with it. And then if you don't listen to the drone, well, it'll just follow you everywhere you go. You know, you know, imagine, imagine like it automatically being able to lock onto your car. You basically either have to drive under a tunnel or something to lose it. But there are, there's, they're going to start using this tech in ways that people aren't ready for and that they've slowly been well, pushing. Slow to, that's what I mean. They're slowly with, putting in with movies and with uh, propaganda. Dancing robots. Hey, look at how cool they are. They can, wouldn't you want a dancing robot? Yeah, you want that, right? Until have you seen the dog? Do we put a thank you until we mount rocket launchers on its shoulder? Put ARs in both of his hands. <laughs> both of its Please hands. comply. Please comply. You have Please comply. To comply. Yes. Your social credit score is at two hundred. You're supposed to be at four hundred. You know. And and, pe and and look, people think that's crazy. It's not. It's not. It's, it's, not. it's John. It's Infowars. It's total tyranny. They're taking over. Listen. They all want a machine with brain with flesh, folks. They want to. They want to turn your penis into a cyborg. Listen. They they just buried him, huh? They just buried Mr. Yeah, Jones. They, they said. They said. They said. Yeah, he might be able to pay that. Maybe he'll be able to scrounge up that four point two million. Maybe through friends, family, maybe he's got it already, but we're going to hammer him down with another 45 million. I think it was punitive damages afterwards, emotional and punitive. Yeah. We're going to hammer him down. So anytime he ever makes money, cause he's going to be paying restitution for the rest of his life. So anytime he really does anything, everyone, you know, some people are going to get the percentage from it. Now here's the deal. He dug himself that own grave. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like, look, like, I, man. I knew people who were close to him when he was doing that. I'm like, someone tell him to just fucking knock the Sandy Hook shit off. Yeah, this, yeah, this, that was too wild. This is bad, man. You know, yeah, there's there's a difference between being like uh, a troll. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sort of being like the other side. You know what I mean? And then there's a, then there's uh, uh, intentional cruelty. Which even though he says he's sorry, he didn't mean. Like, what did you think was going to happen? What did yeah. you really think was going to happen when you know who your followers are? You know how how a, a, a section of them are really 
that is their life. That's their, their, they are, it's paranoid schizophrenic. It's their identity. Their identity. Everybody yeah. is part of the, everybody's part of the cog. Everybody yeah, everyone, is. Everyone's everyone's part of the, people, the people at the grocery store are crisis actors. Folks. Crisis actors, man. And I couldn't even imagine what that family went yeah, like. I mean, you, lo you lose your kid yeah, and then you get position. Yeah, people showing up at your place no. or screaming at you, your work, like. No, man, you, that's, that wasn't the way. And the unfortunate part about that is he had some interesting points. I get yelled at all the time for saying this, but like, I'm tired of like not being able to speak things that just sort of make sense. The guy had some points that things, some ideas that turned out to be true, some points that oh, we should have been listened to and were, you know, uh, uh, sort of spot on. And then out of nowhere, he has the Sandy Hook thing, which he, he, ruined it for himself but he also ruined it for um for the people who used to listen to him you know yeah well i mean i've i've been i was in eric give me excuse me one second i just realized yeah. my um laptop thing fell out real quick and i don't want my laptop to die give me one second okay yeah all right we'll go through some of the comments here while john fixes that Pure Palm says hello and good afternoon jackman brothers and all the fine folks in the chat kind blessings to all well, kind blessings to you, Paul. Thank you so much. My boy Reed says, we need wall. We do. We need wall. We need border security. I've said that all along. We do. We need it. If you like the chat so far, and I'm kind of like a stripper, I work, <laughs> I, I work for tips, John, okay? Just to tip. tip Pay this man. But, Pay uh, this man. Yeah, if you want to support the channel, go over to Venmo. Send me something. Send me some love. Buy me a beer for the weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. And of course, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jackman Radio. These are the things we got to do, John. You got to always be hyping. You got to always be pitching. <laughs> Dude, this is great. Cut it out, man. This Russia, if you're, if you're listening, if you could find the 40,000 emails <laughs> and send me a million dollars into my Venmo, I will. Uh, oh, man. And hey, and get ready for that. Get ready for that because that's coming up. Everybody's screaming about um, the, the FBI raid. 87,000 new IRS agents they want to fill. It's Jesus. Like, why man. don't we hire hey. 87,000 people to go around and hand out mushrooms and Beatles music? Yeah, yeah, exactly. On top of that, on top of that, man, you uh, that that bill. So I I saw something interesting earlier today when this new spending bill they're talking about is brought up. That includes those eighty seven thousand IRS agents, and this is how snaky and sneaky politics is, right? Because mm. and I'm starting to see more of this the, as the years go by, and it's only because I've just been watching it so much that I'm I'm able to sort of notice. Oh, that doesn't look right. Or oh, I know why they're I know why they're shaking hands. Or I know right. you know, and anybody who's been watching it f for any length of time, you're able to sort of be like, oh, you can call it out. You be like, oh my god, that's just so performative, you know. Yeah. Kind of like when um, like remember like an AOC was walking away with her hands behind her back um from the rally. Supreme Court. Oh God, yeah, from the Supreme Court, and then like she got her hands behind her back, she's nodding, and then you just I was just and like, oh man. The YMCA. Oh, oh my God, dude, just like <laughs> what yeah, are you doing? Cut it out. These politicians are actors. I mean, a lot of them, they, they are just, they're, they're um, there to serve corporate masters and they're actors and they're to get clicks and become celebrities and right. become famous. And uh, AOC might say some good things sometimes, you know, she's, uh, she's obviously very beautiful. She's very nice to look at, John. <laughs> her, her and the fraud squad, I call them the fraud squad. Okay. Oh, that's perfect. 
doing with Brad's you know, they're, they're down there doing their thing. And then the other side is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I hung out with uh, last month. Look, I she to me is crazy. Yeah, um, she, she's great though. Just how I was gonna say. I was gonna say she, but the I, I love her, John. Like, I, I feel I I feel I I feel bad in the sense where I think some here's an example. All right, recently there's been this new trend of people who have zero political experience able to get like a buzz going about themselves. And somehow they're able to turn it in. They're able to turn it into serving political office. I can't fault people for doing that, right? If someone was like, "Hey, do you want like a uh, uh, a pension salary for the rest of your life?" and you're basically gonna get to do what you want for the next, and you're gonna get on the like, sure, that sounds sweet. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody would really turn that opportunity down. The training and, and how prepared these people are to go down there, it's the same thing when AOC won, right, and, and that squad won. They thought they were going to go in there. They thought they were just going to tell it how it is. We're telling these politics. We're taking it back. We're getting free health care. We're getting free college. Everything. We're taking it. And then they got there, and they realized, like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that – I can't believe I thought it was going to be that easy, uh, that of just saying it and then getting a le- – I can't believe it's not as easy as that. And then they realized, like, oh, wait a minute. There are so many layers to who you're even able to talk to yeah. when you're a junior when when you when, oh, when you're a, a freshman hey, congressman or senator man they're like when you're coming in i mean uh, look i worked on uh tulsi gabbard's presidential campaign for a year and she said congress is high school mm-hmm. you, get, you get in there and it's clicks and it's gangs and exactly like you said man if they even see you talking to the wrong person or there's someone on the other team you're given the side eyes like you wouldn't believe and, well because they expect you they're like oh you're talking to my enemy that means yeah. any dirt you get on me, you're going to give to my enemy. And right. it's like, that's such a danger. It's, I know it's always been that. I know it's always been that too, to an extent, but you're right. It's so child to be like, like they're not serving us anymore. No, maybe they used to, maybe post world war two, you know, maybe, maybe yeah, then maybe, uh, maybe during the dot-com era, maybe, but yeah, well, the they're system, not serving us. Man. That whole system is just a system of of grift, of graft, bribery, uh, blackmail, and yep. you know, one up one upmanship and partisan bullshit. Oh, that does, remember when um, remember when Pelosi and Schumer were on Capitol Hill wearing like the traditional African garbs during uh, the what black are those called dashikis? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, and they uh, took the knee. That was incredible. Oh God, like I like if you were a comedian or like comedy at all, just anything like. Dude, I've never seen them being like, "What are you doing? So what are you guys doing? Dude, like, so cringe, so cringe. You guys, you guys have no look. Listen, Nancy Pelosi is like a bazillionaire, and I'm sure Chuck Schumer's not doing that bad either. Like, you guys have no clue what it's like for people out there. No, dude, this is like, um, and it's like when it came around to uh, remember when they were writing the checks? You know, we we're getting their stimulus checks. I'm not even yeah. joking. These guys must have been like, "Well, how much are we gonna give them?" And they must have been sitting around being like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, like fifty? No, no, like, like fifty thousand dollars? I don't know. And they're like, well, no, 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 no. It can't be fifty thousand. It's like, oh, all right, let's just give everyone like thirty thousand. Like, look, when was the last time you guys ever went? No, we can't just give them thirty. You know how much that is? Not to me. I, thirty thousand dollars to me. You know, to these people, that 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 yeah. that number means nothing to them. Then they come down and they settle on something like, yeah, we'll give them twelve hundred dollars, and then. Six hundred dollars. Like, how much of a slap in the face? Oh, it's a mushroom you know, slap. Like, all of you us. know, and, and I get it. Like, 
sure you guys could have gotten nothing right that's like the that's what the it's it's like well no what if what if you brought the 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 total like because i think it was anybody who made under a hundred and fifty thousand dollars qualified my argument for that was do these people not know how much one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year is like if you're in a household income if your household is ready to collapse afterwards and you've been making this x amount of money for so long like I'm sorry, like that's your problem for mismanaging, but people who are struggling shouldn't miss out on on something that is gonna help them out a little bit more. You know, if they brought that down, let's say they brought that down and people under who people even a hundred thousand, we're gonna bring it down to like the that would have been I don't know the exact math on it, but I'm gonna guess that probably would have been at least another thousand dollars for the families who really needed it, versus like some families that were like, Hey, did you check the mail today? Oh yeah, we got a check from the IRS or something. And they open it like, oh, cool. You know, they deposited 1200 bucks into our account. We didn't need it, but cool. We got it anyways. Right. Um, yeah, I just think they're so uh, not disillusioned, but just out of they're touch. Just, just out of just, touch. They're disconnected, man. Yeah. Okay. Remember when, um, who was it? Which politician went to the, uh, was it George Bush Sr. who went to the grocery store and, like, didn't understand nope. how to... He didn't know what milk costs and how to like what the scanner was. Right, right. That's it was what we saw. Bush, H.W. Bush. Okay, so you look at so those are the people right there, right? That are trying to figure out what struggling Americans need. Some guy that doesn't even know how to walk through a grocery store. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. These are the people, you know. And I know yeah. he wasn't involved in the decision making, but people like him were involved. These are oh, people yeah. that. When was the last time they drove a car themselves? A lot of them, you yeah, know, there's just they're disconnected, and a lot of them are just corporate owned, soulless, uh, you know, hookers, prost you know, right. prostitutes for corporations, for pharma, oh, for defense, for energy. Uh, you know, five of the big. Uh, you know, lobbies. And then, then you throw in foreign governments who own people, you know, the Saudi, the Saudis, right. Have a lot of right. Israel has a lot of, and a lot of property here too now. China, and I guess yeah. uh, China's buying up a lot of property here, a yeah. lot of farm property so, here. That's what you're, that's what those people get precedence. And then the American people are down maybe like, you know, at the bottom, near the bottom. Right. So, and, and there's a comedian named Joey Diaz. He was on the Rogan podcast. Oh, Diaz and he great. was, Oh, I, I mean, as far as the storytelling, yeah, as far as far as stories go, man, I he's it's just the way he can deliver an outrageous story. It's the voice, it's the tone, everything. it's the attitude, it's everything, and it's just him. You know what I mean? It's just him. Oh, it's but uh, but he was saying, um, I think it was during the like uh, lockdowns. But he basically said because he was talking about how like especially out in California, right? I've never been there, but I've read enough about what's been going on there, especially recently. And the people out there, from what I've gathered, you know, that two years was like the biggest shit show a state could have ever like possibly been. Like with people telling people you can't do things, people of influence telling people to stay home, you can't go out anywhere. If you go out somewhere, you're a murderer, you're contributing, you know, flatten the curve. Right. But meanwhile, these people are like, well, I mean, we have the money for all of our COVID tests and we have the money for, so we go party. You guys can't. There was so much of that stuff that was happening. Gavin Newsom was out at the nice high-end restaurant drinking wine. And when you... Losing you there, John. There we go. Can you see me? Yeah, it's still a little... uh, Yeah, the image froze on the screen. 
Well, we'll, uh, we'll put up some comments while John's trying to get that fixed. Let's see. Yeah. Hollywood for ugly people. That is what politics is. Yeah, I've heard Roger Stone say that and a lot of people yeah. say that. Oh, I think you're back, John. I see, I see you. Sorry about that, man. That's okay. It's all right. It that happens, you know. <laughs> your uh, your metaverse pod is acting up right now, John. Listen, no, no, the power is to be the the they're the ghost behind the wall here listening thing. Yeah, we need we need we wall. gotta go see we what need these guys wall. are talking about. <laughs> All right, let's see. Micro Alex's war documentary is worth watching. The one about Alex Jones. Sweet. I did watch it, man, and it's really good. Okay. It's definitely def definitely worth watching. Uh like 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 I said, man, like Oh well, we lost John. We'll see if we can uh, get him to come back in. But um yeah, I was. Uh, we were talking about Alex's War, um, documentary there about Alex Jones by Alex Moyer, this gal who made it. She had like unprecedented access to uh, Emmerich. We call Alex Jones Emmerich because that's his middle name. I'm, my family's high German middle name's Emmerich. Infowars.com, Operation Paperclip, John Birch Society, Anti-Communist Warriors. I had this all going around the dinner table when I was growing up. I had this kind of assortment of people. They were patriots. They loved the country. They, uh, they love America. They love freedom. They want to eat steak. They don't want to eat bugs that Klaus Schwab puts in their mailbox and sends them. They don't want to do that. They don't want to take, put, take a bioweapon and put it in their arm. <laughs> Let's see if we get John back here, if his connections come back or not. I see, I see you, John. Let's see. Can you hear me? Thanks, Prostine. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool, cool. I think you're back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, man. If I if I timed out on that. Oh, oh, dude, no problem, man. It happens. Um, yeah. So I, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's crazy where things are, but we got to we got to remain optimistic, man. We got to. Yeah. No. Look, look, you have to, right? Yeah. The hope the hope is 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 I think I think enough people are sort of seeing how outrageous things have been getting and things have been going. Um. I, it's going to take, I mean, it could take a decade, man, for things to really sort of level out, um, like fully, completely level out from the anger and flat out hatred that's, I mean, half the country has for the other. Actually, I wouldn't even say half the country. I'm going to say probably, I mean, it's up there, man. It's probably 40% of the country hates the other 40%. And then like-minded 20% people are trying to pull people back to somewhat of what resembles a center line. Just a center line of reality. You said it before, man. You said it earlier on in this podcast. People, we're fighting in two different realities. Yeah, right. You know, and reality, shared reality. That's what I mean. It's just like basic common. Like, look, I understand. Um, I understand that any you reserve every right to feel any way you want to. Absolutely, um, to be any person you want to be. Anything like that, right? But the, it's 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 a murky line sometimes when science is being. It used to be science is everything. You know what I mean? It used to be like split. Pay attention to the science, right? Pay attention to the science. Mm -hmm. Biology doesn't seem something that is like 
Negotiable. Yeah, like negotiable. Like, like, like. It seems like it, it. It speaks for itself. It doesn't seem like there needs to be any explanation for it. So, but if again, we you were talking earlier as well about them trying to find issues to really yeah. keep people distracted and yeah. keep them forgetting about the crooked banks <laughs> that keep them forgetting about the fact that they never released Elaine Maxwell's uh, black book or, or Epstein's black book. They just, just didn't release it. Right. Isn't that crazy? When you think about it, you think you look, they wanted to release uh, Trump's warrant because the public had so much interest in it. That's what Merrick Garland said. Merrick Garland was like, there's so much interest in the public to see this warrant. We should release it. I feel like people would want to know who was on Epstein's uh, fuck island, basically, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, pedophile island. Well, I can, yeah, tell, you, I can tell you who, who the, the people are. Some, they're world leaders. It's Bill Clinton. It's yep. um, Ehud Again, Israel. It's and can Richardson. you believe people were saying, hey, you guys got good news. You guys, don't worry about 2024. We got Big Hill coming back. Yeah, She's coming oh, to the rescue. Oh. And she tried to dip her foot in there. And people, I think finally enough people were just like, look, there's going to be the people around her that are going to be like, go, go get them. And then most people, I think, though, at this point, are going to be like, go away. Yeah, like, just, look, just die. Look, just die. I will never forgive. I don't know if it's her or Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I don't know who I won't ever forgive, but there's. In that 2016 campaign um, uh, for hers and in the DNC, just in general, throughout that whole process when, I mean, it was pretty evident, maybe not as much in 2020, but it was pretty evident that Bernie Sanders was the strongest case, at least for momentum and getting people out. Um, and I know their fear was, and it, it was kind of true, it kind of happened in 2020, his base didn't come out. They went to the rallies. But they didn't come out. Now, granted, you know, there was uh, the pandemic and everything was going on, but people still could vote by mail. You know, you, you, there would have been ways to have figured out at that point. But in 2016, man, when he had all this momentum going, he had 100,000 people. So remember the bird flew in, landed on his podium, a bird, like the tiny, like I can't even, I don't know if they set that up. It looked like it could have been set up. I don't think so. I think it was as real as it gets. I think a bird was just like, look at this old man that's been, been preaching, just be decent to people and just fair rules and we'll, we'll go on. But when yeah, they, they pulled it from him, man, 2016, they, they took it. They cucked Bernie big time. Wasserman Schultz, the DNC, Crooked H, Donna Brazil. I mean, that, that's one of the first things that put Tulsi Gabbard on my radar, man. She was co-chair of the entire DNC and she resigned when she learned about all that. Basically, yeah, she's great, man. She really is. The Clintons to fuck off, and I'm going to endorse Bernie Sanders. Yeah, her uh, her policies. I don't know. I think they're afraid of her too, man. I think it's yeah. the same thing. I think it's the same with Bernie. I think they see someone that's coming to the plate, that's talking. I don't know if compromisable is a word, but compromisable sense is what I'm going to say. Which is, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that this is a good situation for everybody involved, yeah. and make sure that you know compromises like they, they they need they're the backbone consensus. consensus it's the backbone of having anything you know and you look at uh you, you look at what happened then uh i mean there were people booing when they were in from states that were announcing the state of i think the state of nevada votes just you know hillary clinton they booed the people yeah. were booing they were just like no that's not what the people want 
The people don't want this. The delegates and super delegates oh, I, are claiming this. I think this. Uh, Bernie man would have destroyed Trump in the general election. I think. He oh, the debates is what I wanted to see. He would have beaten him pretty easily, you know. Well, this is this. Okay, so I was working. I was working uh, election night, and then I got off work. I got home, turned on the TV. I found out Trump won. Also, when I was at work, I kept looking at my phone, and I was just like, "Because I honestly, at that point, I just didn't care. I was like, I am so." Like I had, I was so excited just because. Look, if Ber like say Bernie won, this is everybody's fear, right? Everybody's fear is Bernie gets in there and Bernie does all of these crazy plans and he 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 shreds defense funding and he no like he seems like a guy that's willing to compromise. He's worked well with Democrats. He's worked well with Republicans, certain of them. Um, but it seems like he would have gone in there and he would have been. He would have called. I feel like he would have called everybody on their gigantic campaign donations. I feel like he probably would have tried to sign some executive order saying that's like we're not accepting dark money in political campaigns anymore. That's not a bad thing. But I feel he would have been able to work well in there. I think there was a lot of fear mongering when they were like, you know, Bernie's going to let everybody in the country and you're yeah, never going to yeah. be safe if Bernie Sanders is here. Oh, but. he's 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 Venezuela socialist. It's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's he used to he used to bus old people in Vermont. Pretty, pretty little road, just reasonable stuff. Right. He used to bus old people from Vermont that couldn't afford their prescriptions in America. He would bus them up to Canada. All these old people would show yeah, up once a month. He'd bus them up to Canada, and then he'd bring them back. Like, show me any other politician that's cared enough to even get on a bus with people, a public yeah. bus. Okay? Just show me one of them. Yeah. Well, any serving senator that's gotten on a public bus just yeah. to ride from one stop to the other, you won't find Look, it. He didn't, he didn't get on Jeffrey Epstein's Alita Express. He took the bus. <laughs> <laughs> he took the bus like, yeah, no, Bernie, there's dude, a lot of things I admire about Bernie. And, and dude, like you look at, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, I call her the voice of America, uh, Lori Lightfoot out in Chicago. Oh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, dude. Dude, she's the craziest lady out there. But recently she was like, uh, like to help combat inflation, like she didn't know what to do. So this was her thing. She was like, I'm going to randomly uh, mail out $150 gas cards to a select amount of people, $7 million worth of gas cards that are going to be mailed out to help combat inflation. I was like, that's your solution is to randomly mail out $150 gas cards. Like Amazing. what about growth? If you're going to, it's going to be anything, do food. Okay. Do yeah. food, do it so they can walk to a store and, and get some food. It's ridiculous. Man. Send, them, send them some market basket gift certificates. So some, uh, some Publix. Yeah. Publix. He loves Publix, dude. He loves Publix. Way. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, people, people said in, in 2016 after the, the Clintons fucked me over and I lost the primary. They said, Bernie, why did you turn around and endorse Hillary Clinton? I said, I want to see my grandkids graduate high school. Okay? <laughs> they said, Here, take this lake house in Lake Champlain. We'll give you Lake Champlain. You get to live. Oh, dude, it's still my favorite though. They were like, I can't believe. Oh, here's Bernie. Bernie tells everyone to spend money wisely. Just bought a six hundred thousand dollar. Yeah, he's eighty years old after forty years. You <laughs> look at the graft and the grift of how these other people live, like the Pelosi's, like the Clintons, like the Bushes. Mm. Dude, they're they're graft and grifting, and and they're war profiteers. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's not a war profiteer. If you no, and I think he's book, voted they, every. They I think he's voted dollars. against every war. If he wants to write a book and make a couple million dollars that people want to read, that's great. Right. Go ahead. And look, I trust him more with a couple million dollars than I trust, you know, John Kerry. 
Hunter. Hunty. Hunty. How, about, how about my son Hunter, John? God bless his soul. He's the smartest <laughs> man I know. He's, he's been he's been sober for 28 minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> That's because his dealer hasn't gotten out of bed yet. His dealer, <laughs> Corn Pop Jr. the third. Come on, man. Oh God. On, he man. uh yeah, yeah I wonder, you know, I uh I don't even know what to make of that situation, to be honest with you. Part of me is like uh Okay, so you got this guy. Okay, so it's never shouldn't it be like a shock to anybody that when the when you're president or vice president that like is sh- I wasn't shocked when everyone's like, dude he got this million dollar job over in Ukraine on a, on a I was like yeah it doesn't surprise me man he's Joe Biden's son right that didn't shock me right that didn't shock me but it was like it was like well yeah okay but he does he knows nothing about the energy like sector like he didn't know anything like no he's a lawyer. Okay, yeah, but okay. So he's, he's does he do law for the firm? No, no, dude. He's like he's like he's basically like CEO. It's like a high paying job. He makes a couple million a year, but he knows nothing about energy. No, yeah. not nothing. Okay, so that's strange, right? So then you think like, okay, well, yeah, it would probably be super beneficial if somebody high up on your board had direct relations with the vice president, and then what's going to be future president of the United States? That would probably play well. And who knows what the companies were doing? Maybe did we? I couldn't have, look, look, I know what I'm going to say is going to sound nuts, all right? I know. And I know this isn't what, what it was for. I'm not saying that he was the reason he went there. But I feel like, you know, was he placed there so we had some sort of investment in Ukraine because we heard the rumors of, uh, we saw what happened in Crimea. Uh, do we know that maybe if Hunter is on the board there, is that going to deter Putin from entering the country at some point, if the you know vi- former vice president's son, like would uh, would America take that as a a like an act of war to invade a country where the vice president's son might be there? You know something like that. I know that's not the case, but I think the the direct line of communication from the company to Biden is why they put them on is why he got the job in the first place. Obviously, right? But the going to the, to the laptop like. I mean, what, there's pictures of him on there smoking crack with hookers? Like, yeah, I mean, that's scummy, and he shouldn't be doing it. But yeah, I'm not shocked. That's what I mean. Like, I'm not shocked. I, I heard rumors he was a drug addict and a crackhead forever. Well, so yeah, I don't like there's, shocked, but. there's a lot of good research. Um, I, I point to uh, – so I co-host a show once a month with my friend Ryan Dawson, who has done amazing research into the Biden crime family, and he has a documentary out called Corn Pops Revenge. And he, he digs into all this, all, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just it's uh, pay to play and it's, uh, you know, access. It is. And, and, and that's that's the game, man. It's it's a rigged system. It's a rigged game. They're all crooks. It's a mafia and a cartel. And the Bidens are no different than that, you know. No, I don't and, think so, man. I no, Look, no, I know no. he can play. I don't I, – I, I, anybody who's that high in any political sphere, yeah. um, you've done compromising things. And oh, you, you have you, you you've been compromised. You've yes. compromised people. Yep. Like I just oh, think everybody sort of has this. Uh, everybody's got uh, something on everybody. I think. Well, well, that's it. You it's, know? it's dirty and nasty when you, when you get to that level. Well, we're coming up past the hour here, John, and uh, this has been this has been so fun, man. I've really yeah, man. talking to you and catching up, and um, we didn't even really get to. Uh, your music background and acting, but I'll definitely, you know, bring you on again, man. So please, can, man, please. And if, Hey, hey man, if there's that. ever, uh, there's a, ever any really big thing that happens and you need someone to go live with, 
Yeah. Do, shoot me a text. Shoot me a message, yeah. man. If I'm free, I'm free, man. It takes me five minutes to get this set up. So yeah, definitely. No, we we'll can have some fun with it. Yeah, I will bring you back on again, and it's it's always great to uh, reconnect with my fellow Franklin Pierce Ravens alum, and I just doing out doing amazing things in the world, John. <laughs> amazing things. Well, hey, hey, can man, I also say this bit before we go? Yeah. Um, I was so happy and proud. Again, I pointed. I, I was sitting with my folks, and first it came on local news, WCAX, of a New Hampshire man with a spot-on Trump impression, right? <laughs> So I remember I was, I was like, it's Eric Jackman. I'm going to tell my dad. I was like, Pops, I went to, went to college with him. And, uh, and then maybe, I don't know from that point to when the next one happened, but there was footage of you on Fox. And I don't know if it was The Five or it was Tucker's show. One of them had you, like they were, it was the, when they were covering the New Hampshire primary. Regardless, I remember watching with my, with my folks again being like, oh, my God, there he is again. And I was, I was stoked, man. I was like, because it was a great impression and, and just fun to see people, fun to see people succeeding in. And so, yeah, I was, yeah. I was glad to see you there, brother. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. Yeah, there was just some surreal moments, man, with the, when my Trump impression <laughs> blew up and he put me on the map and, and called me out. And, and <laughs> yeah, I got on TV a bunch of times and it's, yeah. it's, been, it's been an amazing, uh, amazing journey. But yeah, I appreciate yeah, I mean, that, man. Of course, and, uh, of course. Awesome. And congratulations on, on your son being born here. Thank soon. you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Any moment now. All the, health, moment and now. All the health and well wishes to you. And yeah. This is <laughs> a beautiful, perfect birth. Like my phone call to Zelensky was a perfect call. Okay. So <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that next time, man. That perfect. was. It's going to be a perfect, perfect call and a perfect birth. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, hang it with me here for a sec, John. I will. I will, brother. After. But uh, folks, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed to this channel, become a patron, patreon.com slash Jackman Radio. Or if you're on Venmo, send me a tip, send me a beer, send me something. on Send me Russian rubles or shitcoin. I'll take shitcoin. Uh, Senator Jackman 86 is Venmo. And uh, we'll be back with you again soon. Um, and we'll uh, we'll keep it going. So have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you. Man.